Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest today is a gentleman by the name of Harry Spate from Orlando, Florida. Harry serves as a keynote speaker, sales coach, and author. After serving as a missionary in the Dominican Republic, Harry brought the principles he learned from that experience about serving others to corporate sales, where he sold successfully and led sales teams for a Fortune 500 company. Selling coming from a place of serving is what buyers prefer over the pressure tactics that are so common in sales today. Harry is the author of the book, Selling with Dignity, and hosts his own podcast called Sales Made Easy, which highlights selling when it is done right is easier, more profitable, and actually enjoyable. He works with people who want to grow their sales, gain raving fans with long-lasting relationships, doing sales the right way, the right way with dignity. Harry, welcome for the podcast, and thanks for taking the time today. Oh, Ian, it's a real privilege to, being with, uh, to be with such a sales professional like yourself. So I'm looking forward to the conversation, my friend. It, it's going to be great, my friend. And I know we have so much in common. We established that quite a while ago, that's for sure. And, yep. and I've got some, some, some questions that come to mind uh, with the book. The spirit of the book is something that, that it definitely intrigues me and I feel very aligned with. You know, how can salespeople get past that whole discouragement thing of the word no. And we all like to hear the word yes, but when we hear the word no, how can they get over that? Yeah, I mean, it is something that uh, in sales, we're constantly being told that you have to get past the no's to get to the yes. But in my mind is that, I mean, yeah, that works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I always compare it to the server in the restaurant, the fine dining server, someone who is really takes pride in their craft as a server will ask if we want a specialty cocktail, maybe something from the wine list. They'll talk about the specials. They'll ask if we want one of the desserts. And so they're doing all of this in a spirit of serving. So what I love about that is even though they're serving, they're also selling and you never see on their face any disappointment if we say no, that we don't want any bottles of wine or we don't want a dessert. They just keep serving. So I love that attitude. If we put the serving first, the sales will naturally come and we don't have to take the rejection personally just like the server does it in the restaurant. What's your thought on that? Uh, wonderful spirit behind that. I love what you said, Harry, when you opened up 
pride in their craft. I mean, yeah. every person, every role, no matter what role you're playing in a company, take pride in it. Do it with all you've got. Do it mm-hmm. with positive, uh, you know, a, a positive uh, mindset. And it, and it's also suggestive. Would you like a, a wine with that? Would you like an app? It, it, you're just asking questions, trying to fill the needs of the potential customer. So serving first, selling will come later. I really like the spirit underneath that, Harry. It, I, I think it's uh, it, it goes far and wide. It's not just in the sales profession. It, it, it's a it's a mindset that we could all embrace and, and take you know seriously to our to our craft. I love what you said. The pride in yeah. our craft. That's so so important. So your book is, is doing so well, Harry. Congratulations, my friend. Selling with dignity. Your 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 sales are going through the roof. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's fantastic. What does selling with dignity really mean to you, Harry? Yeah, so the, the, the dignity comes in three main areas uh, for me when I was writing the book. It is, first of all, and I appreciate the question and I appreciate the accolades there. That's very kind of you. Um, so selling with dignity, first and foremost, is having dignity in my mind, for the person across from you. So instead of looking at that person as potential commission, as a sale, as part of our quota, as part of the revenue, we look at that person as a genuine human being that has challenges in life, that wants answers, and we're there to serve them. So dignity, first and foremost, is for the, for the people that we serve. Second. I want to say dignity for the craft or the art of selling. And so many people, I mean, you've heard this before. They say things like, well, I got a job in sales because I didn't have an education. That was the only thing I could do without an education. And they make sales out to be like something that every uneducated person could do. And I beg to differ that those of us who really look at the craft of sales make it a study, a lifelong study, if you will, so that we're constantly getting better, so that we're looking at ways to help people and not just do the sales is a numbers game thing where we say the same thing to every person and we hope eventually a fish bites. So selling uh, with dignity means treating the craft of sales with dignity. And finally, is dignity for ourselves, right? Or our own self-worth where we, you know, we look at ourselves and we say, I am not going to compromise my values for the sale. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be a crook, but I'm going to do it where I can sell and come home and sleep at night and let my family know that I'm doing an honorable thing. So those are the three areas I was thinking when I titled the book, Selling with Dignity. Wonderful. I, the spirit of that, Harry, is just so beautiful. I mean, dignity for the customer, the human being that's there, right? The, the, the actual mm. human who put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do, and they've got challenges like everyone else on the planet. So having, having the dignity for the, that human being is a, is a big one. And, and uh, you know, dignity for the craft, the art or the science of selling. And, and it is a long, it is a lifelong study in constant improvement. We can always refine our game 
if we treat it with dignity. I really like what you're saying there. And, and dignity for ourselves, our self-worth, our value, you know, not lying, not cheating, not like being able to live in, in integrity with what it is mm-hmm. we do and who we are as a human being. But that's, that's such a wonderful uh, a platform to, to, to write the book on, Harry. Congratulations. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. So, so another question I've got for you comes to mind because not some people think they are made to be a salesperson. They've got the right personality. They're maybe they're more extroverted, you know, perceptions. And that's all this is, is perceptions. How can people who feel they're not cut out for sales succeed? What would be some of the secret sauce you can share with the listeners on that? <laughs> well, I think uh, when people think that they're not cut out for sales, they probably have the wrong perception of what salespeople should be like. So the stereotypical salesperson is someone that is extremely outgoing, very talkative, they assume the sale, they're driving the fancy cars, wearing the fancy watch, but do buyers really want to work with those types of people? Or do they prefer to work with people that are willing to serve their customers, serve their clients, do the right thing for them, go the extra mile, you know, stay late, stay longer, whatever it is, instead of, hey, I'm sorry, but I've got more important things to do. I've got other clients to see, that type of person, versus the one that's very servant-minded. So when we put the two side by side, I think most people would choose the person that's quieter, willing to go the extra mile, that's not so self-assuming. They would rather work with that person. Not that the other ones are not going to succeed. I'm just saying that we all have a spot in sales, we all can succeed, and we just do things differently. So that quiet person can use their strengths of serving, doing the right thing, that will go a long way in uh, their sales success and growing their business. I love that, the whole mindset underpinning to what you just said. And you could be an extrovert, an introvert, someone who's gargantuan, someone that's more shy and, and studious, but if you've got the mindset of you know work ethic and go the extra mile, do the work, try and get on the customer's side of the desk. So what would be best for mm-hmm. them? Not what would be best for me. I get that a commission check would be best for me, but what would be the best solution <laughs> for the customer instead of that shiny silver tooth? You know, you know what I mean? The classic you know stereotype of a of a of a of a salesperson that's you know commission breathing. Uh, I love the mindset behind that, and it's, I, I totally agree. Anyone can be sex, successful at selling long-term if they've got the right mindset, they've got the right motivation, the right tools and process. There's, there's no question. And, in fact, the right yep. coach is also very important. Uh, I know that's something else you and I agree on. So why, Harry, do you think sales training and coaching is so valuable to the whole sales profession at large? Well, I think, again, most, not most, I don't know what the numbers are, but the percentages of people that are in business that have never had any sales coaching or sales training is pretty high. So some who are entrepreneurs, they've come out of a sales background or they've been quote unquote selling their entire lives. Whereas others may have been very good at their job 
and maybe they're in IT or marketing or whatever the profession, and they come out and say, you know, I could do this on my own. I could have my own business. But what they don't have is any kind of sales background. So they might be phenomenal at what they can do, but without being able to have the conversations and move a business process or a sales process forward, they're stuck. And so they'll say things like, well, I'm just not very good at sales. And immediately they're predicting their future by saying that. And so that's a true prophecy. When they, So instead of that, they could say, you know, I'm going to be open to learning and to be better at the most important crap because I've already got the skill sets down to do a great job for the client once I get the business. But I've got to work on getting the business. And that's where a sales coach can help in the sense of, like you know, Ian, is that they can have the conversations, see what the individual challenges are. They can role play when needed. They can give them the guidelines, understanding what a sales plan is, what the nuances of following up and not being pushy. When people ghost, not just running away and saying, well, I guess they're not interested. How do we circle back? There are so many different things that we can bring up in sales that People who are in sales, we deal with every day, but people who are just getting into business and have never experienced this, everything is brand new. So my feeling is why go through years and years of learning when a sales coach can help you get ramped up in a relatively quick period of time is what would be my thinking. What's your take on that? Oh, Harry, completely agree. Like, if we just compare it to other things we do in our lives, right? And like, let's just say uh, you, you were never really an athlete, but you're trying to lose weight or get fit or some, you know, there are a, a handful of people out there that, that have enough self-discipline to go to the gym, to go on the run or the walk or whatever it is and be consistent with it. But the majority, like you're suggesting in, in the world of sales, Having a coach, having that accountability is going to get you there much quicker without adopting any bad behaviors. So it's so, mm -hmm. so valuable. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs through the years where they, oh, we've got a great product. People are going to phone up and want to buy it, right? That's been, all we have to do is build this <laughs> great thing and the order truck is going to back up and we're going to be sold out. Well, no, you don't have a business yeah. unless you have a customer. So you know, what arguably I agree with you that the most important business discipline is on the sales end. Because without, without a pipeline, without customers, it doesn't matter how great our product is. If, if no one's going to benefit from it because of our lack of ability to get in front of the right decision makers and help them solve their problems. So I completely agree. So Harry. I, like I, I passionately mm -hmm. agree that, you know, without just trying to make it on your own, like fake it till you make it. I don't believe in that. I, no, there's, if you're thinking yeah. it, you'll never make it, right? So you've got it. You need yeah. the right process, the right coaching, motivation, accountability. There's a number of things, as you know, that go into training and coaching to make someone consistent at what the, their craft is. And, and it's great to talk to another gentleman like yourself here who believes in that so passionately like I do. So uh, your book's full of gems. It's got all kinds of wonderful gifts for the, for the sales profession at large. Maybe you could share just what is one tip you could provide to our listeners today that would help them right now? 
Just one little nugget. Yeah, one little nugget is to look back at all of the conversations that you've had over the last six to 12 months of people that were showed some kind of interest in what you are talking about. And instead of just letting fate determine they will ever call you again, I would suggest pick up the phone or send them an email call them or email them and just circle back and say something along the lines. We had a great conversation several months ago. Would you be up to continuing the conversation in the next week or two? And that simple, soft approach. We're not bringing up the product. We're not asking them where they stand. All we're asking is to re-engage re-engage based on the quality of the last conversation. Once we bring up that we want to see where they stand or that we sent them a proposal months ago, we were wondering where they were, we're leading with ourselves. And when we do that, they will, they'll talk to us when they're ready. If we just want to have a nice conversation and continue it and see what's new with them, how things are progressing in their business, it shows that we care. And then in that conversation, it may come up that we spoke to them about something in the past and it may not, but they know that person will know they will associate us with our offer. We don't have to keep making it. So if we just quietly proceed as a kind person showing interest in them, that will re I, I refer to that as reignite, reignite it or stir the pot so that more business will come our way. Love the spirit of that. I really circle back. I mean, and that's easy. That's not cold calling. These are, you're saying, you know, reach back to the people you've already had dialogue with. And yes. you never know when people aren't getting back to you. It's not almost a bad thing. Something's changed for them. That's got them occupied with something else. Something could be bad, something could be good, but certainly something can change. And, and that dialogue, I mean, they're going to value the fact that you value that conversation enough to reach back to them and not say, hey, how's my quote looking? I, have we got a deal yet? <laughs> How are you doing? How's your business? What has changed for you over the last couple yeah. of months? Right? Put, put them on, exactly. on stage, not yourself. I, I love the spirit of that. I love that what you called it, reignite. And that's all you salespeople listening. That's fabulous advice because these are, these are people you've already had conversations with. So the, the likelihood of getting a call back or getting their, them to respond to your messaging in any form is much higher than if you were going through the yellow pages, cold calling, you know, Monday to Friday. I mean, it's just makes so much sense, Harry. So Harry, again, I exactly. want to thank so, you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. right. I want to thank you for taking the time and dropping this great value on our listeners today. I'm sure there's many of our listeners that would love to reach out to get a hold of you or certainly get a hold of your book, Selling with Dignity. How could they best go ahead and do that, Harry? Well, the real easy way of doing that, Ian, is going to the website sellingwithdignity.com. They could actually, if they're interested, they could uh, download a preview of the book, which is like the foreword written by Larry Levine from Selling from the Heart fame and a couple of chapters and give them a good taste of what is contained in the book. If they want to order the book, that's also available as well. So everything can be found at sellingwithdignity.com. Easy for me to say. 
That's sellingwithdignity.com. That's fantastic. Sellingwithdignity.com. The author, my guest today, Harry Spike from Orlando, Florida. Again, Harry, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your wisdom. Well, thank you, Ian. It's a real privilege, and thank you for uh, the time and uh, opportunity to share with your audience. So, that's fantastic. Thanks, Harry, and thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins with Ian Selby.